This is episode five. Let's get started. Smarter Parenting welcomes you to our podcast series, The Parenting Coach for ADHD. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Siope Kinikini. I had a great opportunity to talk to Tanya, who works as a supervisor over home. She's also been a professional parent, and by that I mean she's worked with foster kids uh, and also with kids placed in group homes, so really difficult behaviors. And we talked about ADHD and how she implements skills from the teaching family model in helping them adapt. She also talks about establishing a new structure in the home, uh, working with children who are on medication and are off medication, and things about feeling judged. You know, a lot of times there's a lot of judgment behind the behaviors that children exhibit. And she provides some really great insight into what it is you can do as a parent to improve your life with your child who's struggling with ADHD. So take a listen. What are some of the um, things that you implemented with children with ADHD that you found to be helpful? Like, what are some techniques or skills that you felt were super helpful for children with ADHD? Um, I think what was really helpful mm -hmm. would be um, recognizing that they may not be able to complete a full task, right? Mm -hmm. They get really distracted. They, you know, you go in and you walk into their room and you'd ask them to clean their room. And for some reason, they're not cleaning the room. They're sitting down playing with toys. And you're like, what were you doing these last 20 minutes? <laughs> um, first thing is to break down the instructions. So they, they may not have the ability when you say clean up your room, they, they don't understand where to start. So give them a starting point. So you may say, Hey, you know what? Uh, how about you clean these clothes in this pile? How about you just put them in a pile and start there? Or, you know, I want you to pick up all your toys and put them in your toy box. Mm -hmm. So start with one instruction at a time because it's going to help them focus on one thing at a time. If you right. give them a very broad instruction, it, it might be harder for them to pick out where to start. It becomes overwhelming sometimes, those right. things. And then um, you can make it fun. So oftentimes we see with ADHD, they get distracted, right? So mm -hmm. set a timer. All right, we're gonna, we're gonna do a race right now. And so I'm gonna set the timer for five minutes. I wanna see how fast you can get these toys in that toy box. And so you're gonna start associating, you know, things like that as positive experiences. Right. Um, and then for me, caffeine. You know, <laughs> <laughs> copious amount of caffeine. Right, right. No, but, <laughs> and the news of being able to laugh through right, it, right? right. And in looking at parents, I, I, I can see questions actually popping up where they're like, well, that actually takes a lot of my time to break it down into their time. And after a while, I'm spending an hour in there where I could just clean it up myself and it's faster. Yeah, but they don't learn. But investing, you have to look at it as, as an investment to your, to your kid. Mm -hmm. um, and it's going to take a lot of work up front, yeah. um, a lot of patience up front. But with that, you're going to be able to pull back and they're going to start to be able to naturally do those things on their own because the expectation's greater and you've created that expectation for them. Right, right. And um, you're still going to have to monitor them. It doesn't mean that you as a parent get to step back. Um, it's a consistent thing you have to go back to. You might, the kid might struggle sometimes and you're going to have to go back um, and 
And as they get older, I mean, we're talking about like a little kid, right? So, right. I mean, there's toddlers, there's a kid, there's a preteen, there's a teen, teen. right? Yeah. And so there are all these different phases of their life. Right. And you're going to have to reapproach these things because society starts coming in there. Culture starts coming in there. Right. Peers start coming in there. Right. Friends. So um, it's a continuous process. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but if you maintain it, um, that's the important piece. Right. It's consistency. And maintaining it. So in a way, like it is, you initially lay the groundwork mm-hmm. and then you just maintain. Mm-hmm. That kind of, I mean, the earlier you can intervene and you can teach these skills, the easier it is to maintain rather than trying to rebuild it or start over. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. If you can create those expectations from the beginning, right. um, it, it's clear to the kid. Instead of, you know, if you let all this time pass, um, your kid it gets kind of confused. They're like, why is mom laying down the law now? Right, right, And right. so when you introduce them sooner, you're going to be able to shape that and mold that sooner. And then your society is not going to teach them. Right. Right? Right. Like you as a parent is going to be able to teach them. Right. What What advice would you give to parents who, have ki- who are starting this later with older children who... Because um, I've heard it before, and the parents who lay down the law to teenagers, and then teacher, teenagers freak out, and they're like, "You are such a hypocrite because you never did this before, and right. now we're doing this, right. and how dare you?" It's like, "Who are you? I don't even know you," you know, and it right, yeah, it's like hard. they think that you're suddenly the enemy. They exactly. Think, they think like, "Why are you suddenly changing? This was cool before. Why are you suddenly the uptight parent? Exactly. Why can't you be the cool mom? Exactly. Right? You were once before." Um, <laughs> And it, it can start with any age group, right? Because I worked with the teen teen kids. Right. And they they were teenagers at that point. They had a long life of society teaching them other ways. Right. And so when you when they understand the reason yeah. why you're doing it. This is for older kids. Yeah, right? for older kids, yeah. yeah. If you if if they understand the reason why you're doing what you're doing, right. they're gonna start to become more accepting. They okay. may they may not accept it up front. But create those firm boundaries and continue with it. Keep yeah. it going. It, they're gonna they're gonna have a lot of pushback yeah. at first. That's normal. Yeah, that's normal, and it's gonna get hard. But it, it gets better. You've been able to work with families that have children on ADHD that use medication, and families that don't want to use medication. And so um, I'm curious as to the implications of using these techniques on on the children both who are on medication, not not on medication. Is there a difference? Is there, you know, um, do the skills work the same? They I work mean, the same. Okay. I think, I mean, in my experience, they, I've always felt that they've worked the same. Mm-hmm. Um, how you implement them might be a little bit different. Okay. So understanding your kid and what, what's going to meet their needs. Yeah. Um, I think is really important. Um, the way that you give your instructions. So I still believe that, you know, starting off with one simple thing at a time, I still think that's effective with or without medication. I still believe, and I still have seen that it's effective both ways. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that is the parent's choice. And, and I, I think it's still effective. Yeah. 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 So fantastic. And I guess that drives home the point that the skill itself is something that, um, Children just need to learn anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are skills that are lifelong skills that will be helpful for them regardless of wherever they are in life. As they get older, they need to know some basic behavioral skills to manage their behavior. Mm-hmm. And whether or not your child's on medication or not, 
it doesn't matter. Like, because medication really doesn't, it addresses symptoms, but it mm -hmm. doesn't fix behaviors. Oh, yeah, no. We'll yeah. have, we have a lot of kids who come in who are extremely over-medicated. Mm -hmm. And they've kind of were like, well, if we just sedate the behavior, then it's, fi no, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't. Because when they do get upset, we've never really addressed the behavior. Right. Right. And right. so there is that, like, magic mix mm -hmm. of whether or not you choose to med you know, to use medication, right? Um, but it, it doesn't it doesn't affect behavior itself. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't teach the behavior. They aren't learning anything right. with medication. Okay, and, and it's something important. To remember, they don't learn with medication. It might help kids get to a point where they can learn, right? Um, but it it doesn't help them with the behavior itself. Right. Perfect. Is um, I'm I'm curious in your. Um, perception in working with some of these parents. I know a lot of parents feel judged and uh, probably the parents who have their kids taken away feel extremely judged by the system, by caseworkers, by judges. Um, what are some things that you do to help them build their confidence in their parenting style so they can take over the reins because you can't keep the child forever mm -mm. and your goal is actually to help integrate them back into a healthy environment. Um, are there any things that you try and help parents with to help boost their self-confidence in what they're doing? Or? Yeah, I had one parent in particular who would come to our home like every Tuesday night and he would watch us do the structure. He would watch us do the teaching mm -hmm. and saw how it was effective mm -hmm. um, with his daughter. And um, over time we said, okay, now I want you to try it. And so he was really supported. He had his team behind him mm -hmm. and he was able to do the teaching and be able to, to do all these things, implement the model with his daughter with the support. And when he started to see that he could do it, yeah. he started to feel empowered. Um, he, he felt, he felt more comfortable doing it and able to do it by himself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, and that took a little bit of time. Um, and something to understand, like working with parents is that, a lot of these parents, they themselves were probably traumatized at some point right. or victims at some point or mm -hmm. you know, part of the cycle. And so their upbringing, you know, you model what you know. Yes. And so yes. being empathetic to other parents. I know a lot of moms will judge or a lot of parents will judge, but like you, you, only, you only model what you know. And um, being able to help teach the parent too that this is effective and that they can do it mm -hmm. and um, supporting them in their decisions when they do issue a consequence and saying, hey, you did a really great job, that's awesome. And then praising them too for their little successes. Um, and then also understanding that my expectations might be different than their expectations. And, mm -hmm. and that's okay. Mm -hmm. um, I have to be realistic that not all my kids are going home to a beautiful home in the suburbs. Right. Some of my kids are still going home to a single parent who works all day, who might not have all the same resources and things like that. And so understanding the scope of their reality. Right. And, and knowing that at the end of the day, that kid is happiest because they're back home, not because they had all these other things, right. but they're back home with their family. And so supporting them in the scope of their reality. No, that's great. That's supporting in the scope of their reality. Would you say that the model is uh, something that every, regardless of where you are, would be helpful? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've seen the model actually work with uh, families that were homeless, actually living with other people because, and they had to move around 
had nowhere to go uh, up to uh, millionaires who, you know, and implementing the model with families across that economic gamut has been fascinating to watch because it does work mm -hmm. regardless of where you are. Um, and then the cultural thing. So um, I'm curious about the culture thing because you obviously work with children from multiple cultures, mm -hmm. multiple parenting styles, yep. some a little more aggressive than others and yep. some a very different discipline is very different in, in other countries. And so uh, can you talk a little bit about your experience in working with families or different parenting styles like that and implementing yeah. them all? And I just think it's it can go across every culture because I think where we're trying to get away from is, you know, the yelling or the screaming or maybe the spanking, but the steps are in there, yeah. you know, and it gives you a lot of control. It gives you a lot of ways to find your footing mm -hmm. of where to start to ease that frustration. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I feel like the model makes you feel as a parent, you have, you know, your handbook, right? You don't, you don't get a handbook when your kid's born, right? right. No one tells you Nobody. how to be a parent, no. um, but that's what the model does. It helps you feel like you have a direction where to start. Right. Um, and no matter where you come from, um, I think it's universal. Mm -hmm. um, because then the artistry piece can kind of slip in there later. Right. right? Which includes uh, respecting cultures, mm -hmm. but at the same time teaching mm -hmm. effectively how to raise healthy and happy children. Mm -hmm. Okay. No, that makes sense. That's great. I, I know uh, in working with different families, sometimes the cultural thing would move in. You know, it's like, this is the way I was raised. I'm normal. So I'm going to, you know, I want to do it this way. And of course, you know, then we discuss why I'm even in there in the first yeah. week. Because I'm there because the style that you chose didn't Maybe work. Yeah. And, and that's the conversation I've had to have with parents is like, I understand this is how you're raised, but is it effective? Yeah. Has it been effective? Mm -hmm. Are you still frustrated with their behavior? If you are, then maybe it's not as effective as you think. Right. And so helping them understand that the model itself is going to give them the tools to where it is going to be an effective parenting style. Yeah. Um, and that they are going to be able to be in control. And they're still going to be able to parent in a way that's going to be uh, structured, and it's going to be it's going to be good for not only them, um, but for the kid. We here at Smarter Parenting want to thank you for listening to this podcast, and we are passionate about helping families who have children with behavioral issues, specifically with ADHD. We need your help, and the way that you can help us is to subscribe, to like, to share, and to comment on this podcast. Help us grow, help us move forward and accomplish what we want to do in helping families around the world.